Podcast One. G'day, listenable legends. Uh, it's Angus here just doing this intro and outro solo. Uh, Dylan is over in France getting ready for the French Open as I record this. Or, hooray, he won! Or, oh no, he lost. I'm actually not sure, but I'm sure one of those responses will make sense for whatever his result was. Just touching base to let you guys know we are seeing all the messages that are flooding in on social media of you guys loving the episodes. We see the ratings online and it means so much to us. In amongst all the awesome messages of love, we do see people uh, on social media sending us requests of people they want to hear interviewed. Of course, you need to head to our email so everyone in our team gets it all at once. It's listenablepodcast at outlook.com. If you send it there, we'll see it, we'll reply, it'll be on the list. Thank you guys again for all of your incredible recommendations. Uh, As you've heard the past few episodes, they've all been from you, and this one is no different. We got an email from a young girl who had been to a comedy show and had come across a disabled comedian. Now you might be thinking, oh, Ollie from a previous episode. No, Madeline is her name and we had to get her on the podcast. A little warning, towards the end of the podcast in her comedy routine, there's a couple of choice words, but we'll leave that discretion up to you and your ears. Enjoy. One of the things that I struggle with, which I've talked about extensively growing up was I never really saw anybody like me, you know what I mean? And TV, movies, comedians, things like that, you know, they weren't really existing of, of people with a disability that I could kind of look up to. And I think one of the cool things, Gus, has been discovering people with heaps and heaps of different skills throughout um, this Listenable project because there's some amazing people doing some cool stuff who we want more people to hear about. Now, one of our previous episodes was a comedian called Oliver Hunter, one of the great dudes uh, also a guy who volunteered at the Ability Fest. That's how you came to meet Ollie. Yeah, he got a gig actually. You know pedestrian. Yeah. They're doing this thing for like 27 weeks, 27 different topics, and they yeah. asked 27 different people to do it. He's one of them. Oh, He brilliant. got a job out of it. Good on him. And guess what? Not paying his commission. Oh. Ollie, if you're listening, don't forget about us. But Ollie is an aspiring comedian. We gave him our platform for you know him to show his skills, and we have another comedian on our podcast. Let's meet her. Um, Hi, I'm Madeline Stewart and I am a comedian, but I also produce accessible comedy shows. Um, I do lots of things, many fingers and all the pies, which is (laughs) ironic because I only have five fingers. It's crazy. So, yeah, I think what else can I say? I'm a Campbelltown girl. Someone Um, might have picked up. You've kind of given an inkling to what your disability is and what is it? I am missing my left forearm, which technically they say is limb deficient, which is like iron deficient and I don't get it. There's no tablet to bring back your arm. I wish. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so was that from birth or did you have an accident? Oh, no, I was just born this way. Okay. I was. Did your parents um, find out that you were going to be without oh, a yeah, forearm? No. They had no, they had no idea. My mum had no idea. I was born incredibly early, like something like three months early. Oh, it was insane. Wow. Um, but I, they, to this day, they don't know what happened. A lot of the times babies like kick their limbs out of the, the sack and that's what happens, but they don't even know if that happened mm. really. It's pretty funny. Adam Hills was the same. He do, Adam Hills was a previous guest. He doesn't have a foot and he's like doctors still to this day can't explain why. Yeah. I've actually just started a, a new company called Able Foods and we've just, our first hire was a girl called Maddie and guess what? She's limb deficient on the same arm. 
Oh, there you go. competition. No, she's not as funny though, Madeline. Hey, maybe she is. You don't know that. She's great. <laughs> she's, she's doing really well. Hey, um, so when you were growing up, how did you go with your disability? Did you ever care about having one arm, or did you have a tough time at school? Uh, it was a little bit. It was a bit of both. Like I think. No, I was never bullied at school and I would always like play up to it and I've always loved it. It was always like a a source of humour and comedy, like even as a child. Um, A lot of pranks were played, Mm -hmm. a lot of like taking off my prosthetic arm and putting it in people's bags at school, (laughs) lots of that kind of thing. But I don't think I was ever, I don't think I was ever bullied, but at the same time I don't think I was ever like made aware of how wonderful um, the disabled community is as well. Like my mum was just like, you're normal, you're normal. Mm. But like I would have preferred to have grown up to be like, hey, you're different and here are all these other people who are different and look how cool they are. It's really interesting. Well bloody said because that's my biggest gripe with parents is when I I meet like I met a little girl with cerebral palsy and I'm like, what's your disability? And the mum's like, she's not disabled. She has no disability. I'm like, well, she's in a wheelchair and there's nothing wrong with that because that then puts into her mind there's a problem with her being disabled. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's true. And I do you think that society is starting to, you know, change in that way? I hope so. I think people are starting to become more aware. And I, I think just like, like this podcast, there are so many platforms for people with disability to express their their life experiences or their personality or what, what they're good at. It gives us a highlight. So when I was born in the 90s, I know. I'm so old. Yeah. I was born in the 90s as well. When were you born, Angus? I mean, I was in the 80s. Yeah, late, you know. 80s. Oh. Yeah, late 80s. Late 80s. <laughs> but I remember when I was a kid, I would watch telly and I wouldn't, I couldn't even see anyone like me. It wasn't until I watched Star Wars and Luke Skywalker oh had his God. prosthetic arm. I was like, damn, I'm a Jedi. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's as close as I got. I didn't, yeah, I, I'm kind of jealous of kids who grow up nowadays and they can see themselves everywhere. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that. Yeah, mm. so you touched on it before. This might be a generalization, right? But for mm. leg amputees, they all pretty much use prosthetics, right, to walk around. Yeah. But, you know, in the world that I live in, in, in sport, there's a lot of people that are arm amputees, but not everyone rolls around with a prosthetic. Some people yeah. just leave their, you know, just use their stump or whatever it is. Mm. So you said you wear a prosthetic. How does an arm... Well, I don't use it. Sorry. Okay, you don't use it. <laughs> I used to. Oh, I used okay. to, but now I hate them. Yeah. Uh, I hate them. I, I'm with you. Like, I, if I was an arm amputee, I wouldn't use a prosthetic personally. No. So talk about what it was like having an arm prosthetic. Yeah, so that is very unique. Um, it's it's very strange. I think my mum encouraged me to get a prosthetic when I was a kid because she wanted me to experience. She thought like maybe that would make me feel better about myself or maybe help me feel more normal. But in reality, it was just really, really weird because I grew up learning how to do things with one hand and like my stump. And like, for me, that is like a multi-purpose tool that is better than any hand. And even to this day, I have a prosthetic and sometimes I'll wear it if I have to, like for comedic effect maybe. But even then, I, I just don't know how to do things because it's like if, if, for instance, if I just gave an able-bodied person an extra arm, they wouldn't know how to use it. Like you wouldn't be able to do anything not to mention it's very expensive and very uncomfortable. Yeah. And you know what? If you want to wear a prosthetic arm, go for it. But when someone wears a suit, say a male or whatever, and they've got their prosthetic arm, it's kind of weird. It looks a bit like yeah. in the way it comes sometimes. And I always think of Chubbs mm. Peterson of um, 
Oh, happy Gilmore. Gilmore with the wooden beers. <laughs> yeah. She's my goat. <laughs> I have seen your prosthetic from uh, seeing some of your uh, comedy on your Facebook page, which is Madeline yeah. Stewart, for people who want to check it out. You do some really funny stuff. It doesn't look natural. and I, It doesn't. Let's talk about personalising a cosmetic prosthetic because the skin tone of it has did it age like paper a little bit? It went. It's not. It's like not a natural skin color. Yeah. Do they match that to you? Do they match the size of it? Is it meant to be personalized? Yes, it is actually meant to be personalized. And I have a problem in that I'm very pale and very petite, and I have very bony little hands. Um, and when I go to when I went to the prosthetic hand man, pretty much they will they will measure your hand. They will like scan your hand. And they try and make it as proper, like exactly the same as mm. they can. They even get swabs out, you know, like um, swatches, like when you paint your house. He just oh. like came in with all these skin swatches. None of them were white enough. From Jewelers. And none of his, <laughs> yeah, none of them were white enough. Wow. None of his hands were skinny enough. So he's like, you're just going to have a fat, darker hand. And I'm like, why don't you <laughs> just give me a pink hand or yeah. a green hand? Like that would have been easier. When did you get that prosthetic forearm? Um, I got that when I was uh, 17, 18, because I think the government um, subsidizes a small amount of prosthetic limbs until the age of 16 or 18 or okay. something. And then after that, you're on your own. So really, it was my only chance yeah. to get one. They're expensive, and I'm like, right? Amazed. Oh, yeah. They're like $30,000 to $75,000. Hang on. Does that, yeah. You better tell me the fingers move via your brain on that one. Oh, no, no, no. What? Uh, 75000 it's like your thumb will move. Oh. That's it. Talk me through it. So do you know how – I might be putting it on the spot, but how does the ones yeah. with the fingers that move work? Well, I it's been years since I've had one of these arms, so they're probably updated. But Surely knowing, 3D printing now would be able to get closer. Yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> but um, when I had a prosthetic arm that moved – they would have these sensors that would attach on the inside of the socket against my stump. Grab, put your hand around your forearm yep. right now mm-hmm. and then wiggle your fingers and yep. you can feel the bones in your forearm moving. Yeah. So That's my bones in my forearm, yeah, so my tendons in my forearm will move and I can control that and that will control how, um, how much your hand opens and closes. Wow. It's very whack. Weird. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I've always. It's an incredible see, technology. You see them on the news, you know, like the good news story on, on the nine news, like, hey, great developments in limb deficient people. And they have all like their hands moving. And then you never see, like, you know, yeah. you go out. It's like, oh, it'll be available in 2032. Like, mm. Oh, cool. But it's not, it's not accessible for your everyday person because yeah. we, can't, we can't pay for that kind of stuff. And the government isn't really subsidizing or helping us. And if, well, now we have NDIS, and I guess they would help. If you got it on your plan, but that's another thing. You'd have to try and get it on your plan. Mm. <laughs> when did you just put down the arm? When did you go, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my stump? Was there an age or a moment? Uh, I think it was it was throughout. I think okay. I even when I was in kindergarten, I remember playing in the school playground and ripping off my arm, giving it to the teacher and playground duty, being like, <laughs> I don't wanna I don't want this anymore. So it's like the entire time I didn't really like it, but I definitely I tried to give it another go when I was 16 when I got this new arm and it lasted like, what, two months? Mm. And I'm like, never, ever, ever, ever again. This might, I don't know the exact stats, but I feel like 
I guess leg amputees are probably more commonplace in the community. You might see it a bit more and it's obviously easier to hide as well. So people like wear jeans or whatever, and you might not know they're a leg amputee. Did you ever like, were you ever self-conscious about the fact that you had one arm and did it affect your dating life? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're literally just covering all of my stand up material. <laughs> um, I, Oh my gosh. I think don't, we don't all give feel self-conscious. Don't give us the gear too much because you're about to do it. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I've good. got to do my set. I'm holding back. You just wait. Uh, we all feel self-conscious about ourselves no matter if we have a disability or not. And I think just teenage years are even more heightened. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure about you, Dylan, but I hated going to clubs, like going out clubbing because everybody really, really looks at you mm-hmm. when you're clubbing yeah. in those situations. Um, and so that's something I hated. Especially um, when, like, they might have had a few too many beers or other things, right? And they go, if they had too many subtle. beers and then they realise you've got one arm, they lose their minds. So when I'm at a festival yeah. and they look up and they can't see anything, they look down and see me, oh, my God, they scream. They're like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's like a ghost because they've just they had yeah. so many beers they don't notice. Yeah. Yeah. People, people are really weird. Um, (laughs) but no, I think, I think dating, it got easier as I got older and the more mature other people around me became. And I just kind of learned to, I, you, you see the red flags and you can kind of pick the people you don't really want to date, I guess. But then, yeah, it can be, it can be a bit daunting. And obviously because I can't hide it, I've just learned to, to love it. And I think there's also a pressure off as well. Like, there's a lot of pressure on women to look perfect and to be born with a body which isn't like magazine perfect. It takes a lot of pressure off me to like conform to beauty standards, mm. not just myself. It's up to your forearm, right? It's below yeah. elbow. Do you mind if we say it? Just for context. Yeah, go for it. This is it. There, there it is. Okay, great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, nice. Can you bend it to hold something in there? Yeah. Like what kind of? Yeah, I can bend. I like hook my little shopping bag over when I go shopping. There you go. I was wondering what purposes you can do. You type get out with of it them? or one hand typer? I'm a one hand typer. Okay. That is way too clunky. <laughs> Maddie, who works at Able Foods, uses both. Oh. And she's in the same same area that you are in terms of amputation. There you go. That's I was shocked incredible. as well. Shout out to Maddie from Able Foods. Check it out at Able Foods. Plug. Um, <laughs> so, are you open online about? the fact that you have one arm, like there's pictures of you having one arm. Yeah. Talk about, have you had any problems or any creeps get around you in terms of the devotee world? Oh yeah. Yeah. That is definitely like, I didn't know that there was such like a weird, there's a weird attraction to people who are amputees. And I had no idea until I was older than I want to admit. (laughs) And I was just like, what is this world on Reddit? And it's insane. I, I definitely considered a career in it when I was like, during COVID. I'm mm. like, can I sell pictures of this? Like, <laughs> pay my rent. <laughs> good cash, to be honest. It's good cash. I've heard, I've heard some big numbers yeah. being thrown around from other amputees. Well, a previous episode um, was yeah. a, a lady like Kelly Cartwright. It's a good friend of mine. She's a Paralympic gold medalist. Amazing mum. People are like, hey, can you put whipped cream on the end of your stump and oh, I'll give you like a thousand bucks. And Cherie, who's a leg amputee up to the hip, had been offered up to a thousand dollars cash for yeah. a five minutes of her walking around or on crutches in her room, a video. Oh my God. It's kind of, it's really gross. And we want to keep like morally would never do it. Yeah. But I reckon at one point, if I got poor enough, <laughs> would consider. Well, <laughs> Kelly did admit. A six-figure sum would make her change yeah. her mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. six yeah. figures. 
Um, we're really excited to showcase your comedy. Obviously, I've, I mean, I've had a smile on my face the whole time that hey, we've been chatting already. You're good talent, by the way. You're very naturally funny. How good are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you do much, like, obviously you do stand-up, but have you yeah. worked in the media much? No, I, I sometimes talk uh, to companies about um, inclusivity and like social behaviour around disability, but um, I would love to work in the media. I'm just sitting at home. If anyone wants to yeah. hit me up, ask yeah. me to host some things, I'm, I'm available. We'll give, you, we'll give you the plug. We'll give you the plug after. But before we get your comedy, talk to me through, you said at the start how you do accessible comedy for people. So mm. what do these oh, gigs yeah. entail? Like, Give, give us the story behind that. Uh, last year... I decided to open up a comedy club called Crips and Creeps. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I know, Dylan, you're not like a, a, a cripple. No, no, I'm with it. No, no, Crips and Creeps, Crips and Creeps works for me. Quite clever. Yeah, that's clever. I, yeah, it's, that's, a that's play on a, it's a play for people that are on a gang. Um, yeah. That's very good, very good. Yeah, so I, yeah, we're called Crips and Creeps. Uh, Crip is in cripple, Creeps is in anyone yeah. who is marginalised in any way. Those devotees um, coming down. It all started uh, because I had friends, you know, just like Oliver Hunter, who would tell me how they would just like ditch their wheelchair at the bottom of the stairs, crawl the way up and then just like work. And I don't think it's right that anyone should have to sacrifice their dignity to go to their workplace and like perform. And it also comes from a space where it's starting, it was, it was definitely starting to get a little bit tense around being uh, a female in comedy. It can be sometimes quite unsafe and a bit worrying. And I just wanted to create a space where my performers can feel safe and um, included and uh, free to perform and be themselves, no matter if they're um, a female, no matter whether their, sec- their sexual orientation, their cultural background, anything, they can come and perform and be safe. But also a place where my audience can come and feel like they don't have to be worried about anyone doing really gross material or anyone being weirdly aggressive in the audience. That's good. But we also supply Ozlan interpreting. Awesome. And it's it's incredible. If you haven't seen comedy with Ozlan, oh. it's worth it's worth it. I tell you what's up, comedy in Ozlan and rap with Ozlan. They're my top favorite forms oh. of Ozlan. Because <laughs> they they do an incredible like it's so hard. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And to get to to get the nuance of sarcasm and that into into the yeah. way they do the Ozlan, they've got to use their face and that. It's incredible to see, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, yeah. And we, we have like a partnership where a lot of students are, are practicing their Auslan oh, cool. for the shows as well. But it's also great because we see a lot of like the audience members, of course, people with disability and people who are marginalized. But um, we also get a lot of like able bodied teenage people, like young people come in. And for a lot of them, it's their first time being around or like being in a in a environment that is welcoming like that and it's their first experience with people with disability a lot of them mm. and so they're kind of learning without learning if mm. that makes sense okay. they they're, they're giving they're giving space for people to speak about their lives and share their lived experiences there is a correlation as well worldwide with comedy clubs and inaccessibility mm. Isn't there? Oh, well, I, oh I'm yeah. telling you. It's always a small room upstairs. Or no, down or in a cellar. Yeah, that's They're true. always yeah. inaccessible, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. When you think yeah. about it. So I guess, I mean, I've been to like the comedy, is it called the comedy cellar, the one in New York? Like, and it's like, it's brutal to get down to. Like, yeah, there's yeah. always different Or ways. the Rhino room in Adelaide. Yeah. 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 It's so frustrating. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes, that's why I needed to make it because I was like, too many of my friends can't come to see shows. It's an amazing thing that you're doing and you are very funny. And uh, we, we gave Ollie, who was very excited to have uh, a set on our show, and we're getting you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads of this podcast, which is super exciting. And uh, we'd nice love, flex. we'd love to hear. Well, it's, it's it's a great platform, and we'd love to hear if you would are willing uh, some of your comedy set around your disability. Imagine if I was just like, yeah, nah, I'm cool, thanks, guys. <laughs> no, no, you're like, ah, you just just cancel the Zoom. You're like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, anyway, like, catch no, me on my face. Catch me on my Facebook. Yeah, See ya. it's on my Facebook. <laughs> Here's the link. Yeah, oh, uh, <laughs> Madeline Stewart, take it away in your own time. Oh, thanks. Uh, so, guys. I, as we mentioned before, I was born. I was born with this with this arm. It's great. Uh, my mum, she wasn't aware, but she had to keep me. The hospital had that policy. <laughs> They're like, you break it, you buy it. So <laughs> stuck with me. But I, I often think that having an arm like this is it can be a bit of a curse. It can. Um, it's mostly because it looks it looks quite phallic. Those of you who, are, who aren't watching mm. the the video, it's phallic. Mm-hmm. I. I can't express it in any other way. It's E.T.'s dick, okay? <laughs> it is. <laughs> and it gets, it's so awkward because I love it whenever anyone sends me a dick pic, I just send one right back, right oh, back to them. Very good. <laughs> they don't like it. But I, as we were talking about before, people get quite weird. People start to get like a bit frightened around people with disability. And um, uh, and sometimes it can be difficult dating. Like my friend, a friend of mine, Rihanna, She's a wheelchair user and she, I said to her, what's, what's the hardest part, do you reckon? And she goes, Mm-mm. beach wheelchairs. And I'm like, what do you mean like beach wheelchairs? She told me that every Sunday her favourite thing to do was to go down to the beach and wave over the hottest lifeguard <laughs> she could find to lift her into the water. And she was like, that is my Sunday. But now... Now there's beach wheelchairs and I will never get a date again. <laughs> and I, she's about the only person I know who's been cock-blocked by the city of Sydney. Like, <laughs> poor thing. <laughs> People do, they get weird. They get weird. They say to me, what's your preferred term? Do you prefer like handicaps? Do you prefer limb deficient? And I'm like, no, I prefer mutant. I do. I do. It makes me feel like one of the X-Men, except my, my, special, my special thing is I get $2.50 train fares. Take like that, Wolverine. I've got you. Um, but I, I think that people do ask very weird personal questions when they see you have a disability. Uh, most common is, which hand do you write with? It's the only one, the only one I have, guys. It's the only one. We need to declare this. I write with my only hand. Um, stop asking me. And the second one is like they often say to me like, oh, how do you how do you have sex? And I'm like, what are you doing diving in with two hands? Like, oh, I'm going to explore these crevices and have a little swim. No, like I have sex the same as everyone else, drunken in the dark. I, I do. Um, but, uh, I think it can be, it can be quite difficult when you're on a, when you're on a blind date, because I don't know whether I should send them a text beforehand and be like, Hey, just so you know, I'm missing something <laughs> dignity. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just decide to turn up. I just turn up and I'm like, surprise and just see how they react. Um, I remember I went on a, 
a date where the guy was like, oh, it's fine. I don't care that you have one arm, but you're a comedian, right? And I'm like, oh, God, red flag. He's like, I have a joke. You can use it in your set if you like. And never ask comedians if if they want your jokes. We don't. They're terrible jokes. But it was a date, so I had to be really nice. And this guy was like, okay, let me tell you the joke. And I'm like, this is weird. Like if I went on a date with a vet, by the way, I wouldn't be like, you're a vet. I hit a cat on the way here. Do you want it? You can have it. Practice your craft. No. Um, And this was a joke. He said, what's better than winning three gold in the Paralympics? What? Not being disabled. I know. Rule number one, pick your audience. Um, I would also just like to finish this set by telling a little Dylan Olcott story. Oh, yes. This is what we want. Yes. I went on this date with this guy and he was one of those really posh guys. Ryan, if you're listening, it was you. He was on a really... (laughs) He was really quite posh and he was just like, I love tennis. But, you know, he didn't really love tennis. He loved the social, like the social standard that liking tennis got him. <laughs> and so it's like, I love tennis. And I'm like, oh, really? That's, um, I don't really watch tennis, but I love Dylan Alcott. And he was like, oh, Dylan Alcott seems like such a dickhead. Ship yeah. <laughs> off, like, Ryan. Nailed it, Ryan. I was like, what? And I broke up with him because I will never date a guy who thinks that Dylan Olcott is a dickhead. You're a national treasure, Dylan. You should be treasured. And so now when I go on dates, I say to people, what do you think of Dylan Olcott? Like as a standard. 60% of people say dickhead. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Madeline Stewart. Hey. I mean, can we highlight this episode so as our main one? This is the yeah, shit. Dylan like that. <laughs> Madeline, you're very good, That's and we're not just funny. saying that because you're in our yeah, in our views. studio. That's funny. Thanks mate. for having me, boys. Before you go, we have a bowl of uncomfortable, and I think this is going to be a fun question. I hope. Oh, I might be wrong. So this is where someone sends us a question anonymously, or they can put their name to it if they want, but they want to know about you, knowing that you don't have a forearm. How do you cut and eat with cutlery? Oh. I use a splayed. The spoon oh, knife? What? what the hell is yeah. a splayed? Because it's like knife and fork, you know, to cut a steak or something. Like do you cut oh, your meat first? I, I become, if I'm at a restaurant and yeah. I order a steak, I become the biggest diva and I'm like, could you ask the kitchen to cut that up for me? <laughs> oh. I'm too good for this. So uh. there you go. So you ask the kitchen to cut it. Yeah, yeah I know. Makes do. sense. And a splayed, what's? It's it's like, like a, a spork. It's a, it's a spoon fork with the knife and the out. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody no, has what this. What the hell is I've, I've never seen a splayed. No. Oh, my oh Have you got God. One? I was just going to be like, oh, should I get I'm it quickly? I'm yes. getting it. Hold on one second. What a great question. Oh. I knew it. So this is one of the benefits of COVID is that Madeline's doing this from home. Yeah. So, so she, she can go, go to a kitchen exactly and get a right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm back. Um, whew, bit of a jog there. <laughs> this is it. This is a splay. Yo, that's sharp that's a, on the side. I've never seen one that yeah. sharp. You just like oh. cut it. I didn't know that there was like a serrated I I, I knew style a sharp spork. edge. I didn't I know, know a spork. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Very so you can, good. it's the one, one fits all utensil. Yeah. It's like it's the Swiss true. army knife of cutlery. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried everything. I've tried everything. All the things that the children's hospital said mm. to buy, none of them work. This was the. That's the best yeah. thing about this, about Listen Able. I've learned multiple things. Number one, what a splate is. And number two, that Ryan's a flog. <laughs> Dylan's really <laughs> caught up on Ryan. <laughs> He's like, what, what tennis club does yeah. Ryan go to? Hey, I'm going <laughs> to eliminate him. I'm going to get him oh back then. <laughs> um, <laughs> Madeline Stewart, the Facebook page hey. exists. Is there a website? 
Oh, there's no website at the moment, but you can follow me on Instagram. What's or that? Facebook. What's Instagram? I'm trying to find you. And the top Madeline Stewart, I'm not kidding, is a SeaWorld Gold Coast professional whale, whale water skier. Oh. Well, obviously that you? that's me. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. not. Is that your spot? Oh, yeah. what, what's it's yours? It's Madeline Stewart with an E-W-A-R-T. Um, and uh, my little tag is Miss Maddie Cakes, like patty cakes. I don't know. Oh. I thought it was clever, but now I am just feel like a fool. <laughs> well, make sure you get around you on the socials. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to have you come and cheer up this podcast. Get and her get on radio. Finally some genuine laughs. And if our boss is get listening, her on, Gemma. Get her a good gig. It could be a good gig oh. out there for you. Please employ me, guys. It's COVID. <laughs> I need a job. Would you do, do you do like Melbourne Comedy Fest stuff, would you? Have you? Oh, we were going to do Melbourne Comedy oh, this no. year, but it was cancelled. Creeps and Creeps was going to Melbourne. We know some people. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. On the next episode of Listenable, another one that we've got in the bank, we chat to a guy called Mike, who might be the best storyteller we've had yet. We finished the season and then it was off to the trip. Uh, I had my bags packed and could barely sleep the night before. I was so excited about this trip and, and just, uh, you know, what was to come. The debauchery. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So on the way over, mum's giving me the old pep talk and, you know, telling me to behave myself and I wasn't listening to a lot of what she said. And I got to my mate's house, chucked the bags in the boot and then I uh, jumped in the car and off we went to the airport to go to Hobart with this um, this great team and, and some good mates. And I guess that was my very last memory was actually giving my mum a kiss on the cheek. And wow. then my, my very next memory was uh, five and a half weeks later um, after I woke up after an induced coma and I was back in Melbourne and I woke up to the sobering news that uh, I was going to be in hospital for a very long time and I was very, very ill. And apparently I did go on that trip and I had a great time from all reports. So thanks for asking, fellas. Oh, um, God, but, I'm sorry. I'm so miserable. Um, this story, yeah. you, you tell this story so well. Yeah, lost I'm this The twists and turns, I think I know yeah. where this is going and then I have no idea. So you went on the footy trip but just have no memory of the week in Nothing. Hobart? Nothing at all. His name is Mike Rolls. If you want to get cheeky, you can have a little bit of a Google and see who he is, but don't find out his full story. Leave that to us on the next episode. Until then, stay happy, stay safe, and hopefully Dylan will join me for the next intro and outro with a win or a loss in the French Open. Until then. Listen Able was presented by Dylan Alcott and Angus O'Loughlin and produced in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and the music was written and performed by Eliza Hull. Listen Able.